0: Hi, this is Terrell Somerville, the lead pastor of Freedom Church. Welcome to our podcast. We hope you enjoy the message today and that you also take time to get plugged in to your local church. We believe you can't do life alone, so we learn to do life together. I also want to thank our givers who make this podcast possible. If you are blessed by this ministry, please consider subscribing, giving, and sharing this with your friends and family. God bless you happy new year. How much longer should I say that? If you're not happy and it's a new year, then I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's random. Anyway, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for coming to Freedom Church. And if you are brand new here, we're excited that you're here. If you're back to church, and been in a while, we're glad you're here. And if you're here all the time, we're glad you're here. Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here. All right. Hey, I want you guys, there's people that watch all over the world online. Let's give a yell out and a scream out to them and then welcome them for being here today. Yes. So with that being said, before I jump into this next installment of the new series we started last week, I want to share that last Sunday we had 16 adults and children give their lives to Jesus Christ. We need to lift the roof off this place, church. And let me say this to you. Whenever you come to faith in Christ, that is between you and Him in your heart, and you give your heart to Him and you receive Him as your Lord and Savior. It's what we call born again from the scripture, Jesus telling Nicodemus in John 3. Next step is to go public with that faith and be baptized. That is, you're laying down the old person, coming alive in Christ. And that's what it represents. Just like Christ went into the tomb, took care of our sin debt and come back to life again for you and for me. So with that being said, we, I want to I challenge you to take your connection card uh, out of the back of the seat. If you know that you've given your life to Christ and you know your next step is to be baptized and go public with that faith, take a card out of the back of the seat, right on there, just mark it on there about baptism. It says on there, I want to be baptized. Mark that drop it in the offering the end of our time together next week there will be a class about that they'll let you know where it's at what time it is here and it will explain everything and answer any questions you've got and then two weeks from today we're going to be having baptism right here on this stage and i'm excited about that so with that being said we started a new series last week, and I feel like it is a series that can literally change your life. We're talking about no more insanity, and we know that a lot of times insanity is doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. Uh, and so last week, what I talked about was that how that God has got the power. And with God having the power, and we access that, because within ourselves, Paul says there in Romans, and we talked about it last week, I think it's Romans 7, he said that we, he said, I I don't understand myself at all because I do the things I hate. And I think we can all identify with that at times in our lives we do things that we hate. And then what does that derive from? It derives from our sinful nature. And so I want you to know that through the power of God, we can get, we can have the power we need not to follow that sinful nature. We look at the life of a man that had a legion of demons. That is as many as 6,000 is, is what it means to have a legion. And, and so we looked at that story in Mark's gospel chapter five, and there was three forces at play in this man's life where they had chained him and all those kind of things. And he kept breaking chains and nobody wanted to be around him and they were trying to isolate him. The forces that were at play were Satan, it was society, and then it was the Savior. And because of Jesus came, he was clothed in his right mind and was able to pursue the life, and he went and evangelized the communities around where he grew up at. And so with that, whenever you come to Christ, if you'll give him the first part of your day and the first part of your week, that's when you can have an incredible life in him and through him. And so you've got to delight in the Lord and commit to the Lord. Now, if you weren't a part of that last week, be sure to download our app. Our app, just simply go to an app store if you have a smart device and type in Freedom Church TN, representing Tennessee, download our app. You can go there and listen to that, and there's a lot of other resources there. One thing we, we told last week, we're not going to print uh, pa- paper bulletins uh, beyond uh, I think the last Sunday will be uh, this the last Sunday of this month now if you'll download our app I'll have we'll have the outline on there or if you're here and you say well, you know man I don't I don't have that smart device and and that's fine and good you can pick up an outline for the message out there and uh, and go along with us in notes but we're not just gonna do that cuz we're gonna pass that money to the students okay so with that being said uh, how many of you I ask this question I want to ask this question again How many of you want to have the best year ever? Raise your hand. Yes, I think that's everybody here. I want you to have the best year ever. With that being said, you know, I want to share with you today about the power to change spiritually because your spiritual life is going to affect your physical life, your emotional life, your relational life, your professional life, your financial life. It affects everything and how that's going to play out in your life. So with that being said, I was fortunate enough, and I'll set it up like this, to be able to grow up in church. How many of you here grew up in church? Raise your hand. Okay. A lot of you did. If you didn't raise your hand, uh, you know, there was things that happened in the church as I grew up that was really special moments. I've seen God do a lot of things in people's lives. But I remember being in services and I remember specifically my grandmother, my mom's mom would shout and you say, well, what does that mean? She would get so full of the spirit of the Lord that she would begin to start doing this right here. And next thing you know, she would let out a shout. Now, you might think that's a little weird, but it was a power of God in her life because her grandson ended up doing that. Now, if you ever see me over here worshiping and you hear me yell out, I'm okay. Didn't nobody stick me with a pen, okay? It's because I'm happy in the Lord. But I remember doing that, and I remember seeing people that they would be praying for come into the church. They'd go forward. they give their lives to Christ, and then we'd see a different person. I remember Hoyt Nethel Young. They were an old couple. I'm talking man. I'm telling you, they were so old I don't know how they walked in there, but they were so faithful to God all those years and Hoyt would stand up and what he would say I want to thank God for the Holy Spirit And he would tell about how God had been good to him in his life and and then when he got done testifying Miss Ethel would stand up and she would say I want to thank God for the Holy Spirit And she would tell about how God has been good to her in her life. Well, here's the point I'm making I watched all these people, like the ones I've mentioned, my grandmother and the, and the Youngs and others, and, and not only did I see them how they were acting at church, but I got to see these people in the community. I got to see them in their homes. I got to see them up close and personal. And I knew they were close to God. And here's the sad thing, and I want you to think about this. There are many people who grow up in church, but they never grow up in Jesus so today if you want to grow up in Jesus I hope and pray you'll jump in with me because to grow spiritually here's the big idea is to live by design not by default what I'm saying with that is growing spiritually is intentional it's not accidental Now. Let me ask this question, like my own testimony of people that I saw. How many of you here can lift your hand and say, I know somebody that I know personally, and I've watched them and how they live, and I believe that they are spiritually mature, and I believe they are close to Jesus? Would you raise your hand? Now, isn't that amazing? Because you've seen their witness. You've seen them in their life. Well, God wants every one of us to be like that. That's what's amazing. And this is what he says. And look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29 here in the first part. It says, for God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his... His son, his son Jesus Christ. So God's plan from the beginning was to make you and me like his son Jesus Christ. Not that we become a God, but that you and me become godly. He wants us to be able to develop his character. He wants us to be able to have the way that he thinks, the way that he processes, the way he does life when he was here on this earth, the way he acts, the way he feels, and and be able to take his values and have them intersect in our life, coming out of our actions. But here's a question. What prohibits Christians— From becoming like Jesus Christ. What happens in that? There's a couple of things. And I touched on it last week. Sin is the first thing. Sin is really a rebellion against God. Sin is basically missing the mark. And it's funny to me that there are people everywhere and they don't realize that Jesus Christ through the Spirit is watching them how they live. And they sin as if they don't think Jesus is watching. It's so funny to me. I remember one time I was going to sell this handgun and I put it in a paper and this guy comes to my house and we're there talking and we went out there out back and we're, I live in the country and we were shooting this gun and this guy was cussing every other breath and I was looking for my opportunity to tell him who I was because I get so tickled at people whenever I tell them that I'm a pastor and then all of a sudden he goes, <laughs> I'm sorry man, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to be cussing. You know, I didn't mean to do that. I'm thinking, I'm just a dude here, you know? I love Jesus, but I ain't Jesus. Jesus is watching you everywhere. You know what I'm saying? It reminds me of a story, and some of you may have heard it. There's this guy, he breaks into somebody's house, right? And he's in there burglarizing. He's taking his bag, and he's stealing all these bags. next thing, his voice rings out and says, Jesus is watching. This guy's looking around, and he just stops in his track and just freaking out. He thought, well, I'm going to go on stealing anyway. So he keeps on going. Next thing you know, he hears that voice again. Jesus is watching. And then he is really freaking out now. It paralyzes him with fear, and it grips him. And he looks around the room, and he sees a birdcage. And he could tell it was one that had this had this thing draped over it. He starts walking toward that birdcage. And he gets over there. And right before he gets there, it says, Jesus is watching. <laughs> So he takes and he pulls the sheet off of that thing and he sees this parrot in there and he says, what's your name? And he said, Moses. <laughs> and he says, what kind of weird person would name a parrot Moses? The same weird person that named a rottweiler Jesus. Jesus. Sometimes in life, we can get ourselves into serious trouble by not paying attention and thinking that Jesus isn't watching us in life, because he is. So sin's going to get you in trouble, and it keeps you from going spiritually, but also ourselves. Because we are bent toward being selfish people. We have free will. I talked about it last week. You can make your decisions. God's not going to push himself on you. Your human nature is bent toward yourself. Jesus said in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9 and verse 23, he said, if any of you wants to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. But where's the spiritual insanity at? The reason people are not really growing to be Like, Jesus. Listen to what Paul told the Corinthians in his first letter. Chapter 4, verse 20. This really jumped out to me in my studies. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. Let me say that again. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's... Now, this time, say it like you own it and you're going to live with that. Living by God's... His power, that's what you're living by. Some people talk a lot about faith, but their talk doesn't align with their walk, does it? People can talk a lot and say that they're Christians, and they can say the right words, but their lives does not reflect that the power of God is in their life. It's really easy to wear a cross around your neck and be deep in sin. It's really easy to attend church and call yourself a Christian. And just because you come to church doesn't make you a Christian, no more than putting a mule in a garage makes it a Cadillac right praise God so our lives listen to this this is so true because I've dealt with it this week and I'll tell you that in minute. but our lives align with our dominant thoughts look what Paul says in Romans 8 he said those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to What? What's that word? Leads to death. It can lead to death physically and spiritually. But letting the Spirit control your minds leads to life and peace. See, there's this continual inner dialogue that goes on all the time, connecting between your mind and your soul. And so the question is: is your mind dominated by sinful, negative, critical thoughts? Is that what goes on in your mind? Negative critical thinking. Now, or is your mind controlled, as like Paul says here, by the Spirit of God that's consistent with God, living for God, honoring God's truth? Thinking, I love what Plato says, the Athenian philosopher, listen to what he says, thinking, the talking of the soul with itself. The talking of the soul with itself. So when you think about your thought life, there's two sets of thoughts that happens. There are people who are grasping the power of God through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and they're saying, God is with me. My life matters. Understand that my life is full of faith. I have the mind of Christ. I have the Spirit of the Lord in me. I have His peace. I have His divine energy in my life. It is amazing, and I'm excited about today, and I'm excited about tomorrow, and I'm excited about 2020, and I'm excited about the future. That's one mindset. But oh, woe is me, there's another mindset. Oh, Lord. My snooze won't go off anymore. Like I just need another. Can I have another hour in this day? Oh, I've got to get the kids ready to go to school. Why do I even have kids? And and you think, oh, I don't want to go face my job. I hate my boss. Uh, I cannot believe. Man, who are you? Why did I even marry you and get up beside somebody like you every day? I mean, people just go on and on and on and they think people make me crazy. My job makes me crazy. I'm overwhelmed. I can't not get ahead that's another mindset right see our lives align with our dominant thoughts with our dominant thinking pattern that we have because why is that because our lives move in the direction of our dominant thoughts in our lives i'm not talking about the power of positive thinking i'm talking about the power of god how he can be accessed in your life so with that being said are you excited about the direction of your of the thoughts that your life is is taking you are you excited about that are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you in your daily life see a change of thinking will help with the power of God in your life so that you can change spiritually, which affects every other avenue in your life. Now, this verse is familiar to a lot of people, but I want you to really let it resonate with your spirit. Maybe you've never heard it, but Paul said in Romans 12 and 2, he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you. Now, when he says transform you by changing the way, a change, by transferring to a new person first and foremost, and then by changing the way you think. Transformation in the original writing of this comes from the Greek originated in that to be metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, that is to give you a good mindset of what metamorphosis is. And a great illustration is just like a worm that's in a cocoon that dies and then comes out to be a precious little. Thank you. That's what it is. That's not too good of a butterfly, but I thought it was pretty good. So, that's what metamorphosis is. You die out, you become the new person by changing the way you think. Then, everybody say, then? You will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, so much about life isn't about what happens to you and to me. It's about how you think about what happens to you and to me. See, you stress about life and all the things you have to do, and you think about all you have to do. What you think and how you believe is what's going to matter and affect your life. If it's unhealthy, if it's ungodly, if it's unproductive thoughts, it's going to keep you from aligning with the life that God created you to have from before you were ever born. Our life will always align with our dominant thoughts. Now, look at what Paul said to the Corinthians in his second letter here. He says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do, we use God's mighty weapons not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments we destroy every proud obstacle that pe- that keeps people from knowing god we capture their rebellious thoughts you might want to underline that We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. What are the rebellious thoughts that Paul is talking and referring to about? He's referring to those negative, critical, condemning, hateful, fearful, worrying, anxiety thoughts that we have that are not Christ-honoring. And we are to capture all those and bring them under obedience to Christ. So what are the negative thoughts that are dominating your thinking today? How many of you know somebody that thinks negatively on a regular basis? Raise your hand. Yes, you know people like that. Sometimes you're sitting beside them, but that's another story. But anyway, so I want to tell you this. Someone asked me this morning before the first service. They said, did you have a good week? I said, sure did. And then I stopped and I thought, no, I just lied to you here in church. I said, I've had a good day since yesterday morning, Saturday morning. And they looked at me funny and I said, a lot of times when I'm going to share something with you that I know to be helpful for you and me, I always deal with it. So Thursday was a bad day for me. Something for Shanda and I, some things personally, not relationship between her, she and I, but some things that we're doing. And, and I, I got some information and things that I was doing, and it, it really put me in a bad mindset. And Shanda noticed it, and she reaped the bad mindset by being around me. And she let me know that, rightly so. She let me know. And then I was just having a bad day. She says, you can't be doing anything about it. I was ruminating. It's like, you know what ruminating is? You just keep going over and over and over and over and over again. Keep going over and over and over and over again. You keep going over and over and over and over again. Then you keep going over and over and over and over again. You know, that was me, you know. It's like a cow chewing the cud, you know. So, I realized yesterday that this was for me, not just you. That's sometimes it's scary. Some of the subjects that I, I preach on, I deal with it, and I have to deal with it before you do. But here's what I can tell you about those negative thoughts. When you're saying, I can't get it done, I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough mom to my kids, or I'm not a good enough husband to my to my a husband to my wife i'm not a good enough wife to my husband or i'm having a battle with my kids i can never get ahead or you say well i started the diet and i'm already off with it and i'm struggling with my weight or i'm not good with people i i'm just an average student i'm never going to be able to get on the dean's list or i just am never enough those kind of thoughts you've got to throw out and you've got to bring them and let christ capture those rebellious thoughts and bring them under obedience to him what spiritual truth is going to demolish the strongholds? What, what is that going to be? You've got to get to a point you say I have everything that I need and I can do everything that God calls me to do That's in his will and I am going to be a person that I am in Christ I've got the mind of Christ Christ is more than enough for me worry is not gonna be my master I'm gonna have faith in Almighty God in God alone and God is with me. He'll never leave me He'll never forsake me. He's gonna go with me to the end of the world and I'm gonna have a great life I'm gonna have not just a good life I'm gonna have a God life in Jesus Christ and I claim it today in the name of Jesus That's where you've got to get to. Praise His holy name. So here's what it boils down to, okay? You've got to live by design. Come to Jesus. You've got to understand that that there's going to be sin and selfishness going to try to get in your way. So when that happens, it begins to affect your thinking. So one of your dominant thoughts is how you're going to align your life. But once you understand that you bring all that junk underneath the obedience of Christ— then how is your next step to grow in him? How do we grow spiritually in this world? It's not on our side. I'm going to share something with you, and you're going to think, man, this is, this is so shallow. This is not, no, it's, it's, it's deeper than you'll ever imagine. you got to get involved. So what do you mean get involved? Let me say this to you. Listen, life was never meant for you to do alone as a Christian, ever, Okay? You're not to do it alone. God wants you to do life with other Christians. Attendance never equals involvement. Let me say it again. Attendance never equals involvement. And look at Hebrews 10, 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. Let me ask this question. How many of you here could use some encouragement? Raise your hand. Say, I I love encouragement. You know how somebody needs encouragement? You know how you know? They're breathing, right? They're breathing. That's how you know that they need encouragement in their lives. See, getting involved will keep you in a church family, whether if, it's, if you're just visiting, go back to your church family, get involved. Those don't attend. If you're here, you're looking for a church family, get involved. Listen, when you get involved, it will keep you from drifting from God. And usually the first step away from God is stepping away from the people of God. I hope you understand that. When you hang out with God's people who are seeking to hang out with God Almighty, you tend not to drift from God. When you're here in church with God's people who love you, who care about you, who's there for you, you will tend not to drift away from God. Now, it's very important that you read your Bible. Each day, like I told you last week, make it the first part of your day. Read Scripture. If you don't have a Bible here, you go to the Connection Center and we will give you a Bible. We want you to read your Bible. When you read it, you memorize it, you meditate on it, it's God's truth. And God's truth is what transforms our very lives if it's applied. Also, you need to be praying. Prayer is a powerful, powerful thing, okay? When you are communicating with God, prayer is talking to God, His Word is talking to you. That's normally how that goes. So you might want to be able to take and and start a journal. It's so important that you write down the things you're praying about, the requests, and then when you see Him answer it, write down the praises. Journal about how you feel. Do you know really the Psalms is journaling from David, what, what he went through in his life? And if you don't have a journal here, over there at this merch area over here in the corner, we got these freedom journals here. They're $5 you can take and start off this year and then go back and review what you've written down through 2020 and say, wow, that was a bad day. But man, oh my goodness, look how God answered that prayer. It's just amazing. Get you any journal. I'm just telling you these right here uh, to be able to, if you want one of those, to be able to do that and to be able to understand that you can use that. But also fasting is important. Some people say, man, I did fast. I missed a meal 30 minutes late to get to the next meal. That's the a lot of people are. But fasting is so important. If you physically can and your health will let you, maybe some of you need to fast on social media, just saying. Okay, that's a whole other message. But anyway, fasting is whenever you're going to face a big decision or you're facing some kind of life dilemma. Those are things that's important in you personally. But listen to what I'm about to tell you, and, and you might think I've never thought of it this way. The greatest avenue— For you to stay close to God is not the sermons that me or anybody else on this platform preaches. It's not the reading of God's Word. It's not even praying and fasting, which are vital for the Christian faith. But it will be Christians. God uses other Christians to help you grow spiritually in your life. Now, it's like our moms. Our moms gave us the best care they could. They nurtured us. They gave us attention. They loved on us and they gave us instructions. Well, that's exactly what happens in a church family and how that every one of us need that same care spiritually in our lives. And we grow best when we are connected to other disciples of Christ in a meaningful relationship. Next Sunday we're starting sign-ups for connection groups. I want to challenge you if you've never been in one, sign up for a connection group. If you're here and you have the opportunity and you would like to lead a group just you can if you can talk you can lead because we don't all have the answers it's a bunch of it's a group of people that get together in order to be able to to be able to talk about God and his word and grow together that's what it's about it's not about you knowing everything about the scriptures and being a bible scholar I'm not a bible scholar and 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 I love parts of being in my group I love my group we get together it's informative but yet it's the fellowship and it's the koinonia of what the scripture says of what we get together. So I want to challenge you to sign up next week. If you would like to lead, you can stay right after this service. They're going to have lunch for you. And you can talk about opening up your home and facilitating a group and being part of that. They would love for you to stay and be a part of that. But also, I'm going to have a spiritual leadership class. We're going to do a book study starting in here in this auditorium on February 5th on Wednesday night at 630. If you're a leader in any capacity, you're a leader in your business, you're a leader in your home, you're a leader in Life in any form or fashion Love for you to be a part of this study, but I want you to Get connected, it's very important Also another way for you to grow here At Freedom Church is we have what we call growth Classes, there's four of them They're going to start on February 2nd And the whole month there will be four classes That you can go through that will help you grow Spiritually, it's that important It's there for you to be able to help you See, Freedom Church people are on a walk With you and we're going to be there For you, that's what it's about, okay Look at, I'm going to read this next several verses is, and I want you to listen to it in its entirety and then maybe break it down at home a little bit further Paul said this in Ephesians 4 Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles the prophets the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church Whose responsibility in that is to do the work of the church yell it out to me God's people what is my job to do? It starts with an e equip I'm to equip you and that is a full-time job I might do the work of ten people I won't last long but if I could equip all of you to be able to do that together we're gonna to make a huge difference it goes on to say their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church the body of Christ this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will be we instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts, what's that word? Grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. How many of you here have children? Raise your hand. Now, wouldn't it be absolutely devastating that when you had children that your children never grew up? You would be devastated if you had a 23-year-old the size of a toddler, okay? That would be really upsetting to you. You'd be going to every doctor in the world. See, we all want our children to be able to develop. We want them to mature. We want them to grow. And that's just like God is with his kids. And people, a lot of times, they'll say, well, I can't help it, Pastor. You know, I cuss, and, and I throw fits sometimes. I've got this addiction, or I'm abusive. Sometimes I'm negative. You know, I've got these bad habits, and, and I, I'm, sometimes I'm greedy. Sometimes I'm lustful. I've got a bad attitude. And some people say, well, I can't help it. That's just the way I am. No. That's the way you choose to be. That's the way you're choosing to be. you're here here's what i believe you're interested in improving the quality of your life or you wouldn't be here at church today look the person next to you and give them a high five and say i'm glad you're here we have an amazing volunteer force here at freedom church that is doing their part in those special works if you serve in any capacity here at freedom church and you're a volunteer here at this church would you stand to your feet real quick and remain standing just for a moment stand up if you're a volunteer here at freedom church all across the church just stand up remain standing just for a moment Now, now, I want, I want to just say this to you. Thank you for serving the way that you do. Let's, the rest of us, let's give them a great hand for doing that. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated. Now, let me say this about all these people. They're not here just filling a slot. They're stepping up and becoming what God created them to be. And when you're rubbing shoulders with other people doing their special work, It rubs off on each other you encourage one another you love each other you care for each other you're there for each other you pray for each other it's amazing but I love what Proverbs 13 and 20 says look at the word here walk with the wise and become what wise Wise. associate with fools and get into what Trouble. trouble see I see people in the community a lot of times and they'll say "Oh, pray for me pastor we need to get back in church so what they say to me? I love it when I see people out and they ain't been here for a month or so. I try to get up close to them and I see them in a store, and I look at them and I say, "Hi." Because automatically the convicting part of the spirit is that they seem their shepherd. I don't have to say anything. They just start crying, okay? I love it. I don't even say anything about it. I just know they feel it. I'm like, oh! I mean, I'm being funny, but you know, you, you just, you miss and, and you don't realize it, that, that sometimes people don't realize they just need to see somebody and, and, and encourage them and love them and say, Hey, it's okay. We love, you." what so I told somebody this week. I said, we love you. We care about you. We miss you. That's the way it is. We love you. We care about you. We miss you. But other people on the other side of the coin, a lot of times they'll say, well, I, I, I just don't need the church. How many of you ever had somebody tell you that they're a Christian and they don't need the church? Raise your hand. Well, I gotta, I'm a simple guy, and I'm pretty common sense, but common sense ain't too common in the world I live in. I don't know about your world. If you don't need the church, then why did Jesus die for it? why did he die for it if we don't need the local church? Jesus didn't try to do life alone, and we're not created to do life alone. If you'll get involved in church, Get involved here at FC. I promise you it'll help you grow spiritually. If you will begin serving, it will help you to grow spiritually. One of our high five values is everyone serving. So I want to challenge you. Take that connection card out of the back of the seat and mark on there today and drop it in the offering and say, I want to serve. We'll contact you and we will do everything we can do to get you, plug you in on a, in an area of passion that you can serve and make a difference. And some people say, well, I would pastor. I just don't have time. Well, if you don't have time, maybe what you're doing isn't God's will for your life, or you would have enough time to do it. Or maybe what you're doing, you're doing it wrong. The truth is, in most of our lives, not 100%, the truth is, it isn't a shortage of time, it is a problem with priorities. That's where it's at. So, if you don't get in what I'm talking about, your greatest danger will always be letting the urgent crowd out that which is important and how true that is. So, I want to throw out a plug for Freedom Church. Maybe you haven't been here very long. Maybe it's your first day. I want to challenge you to be a part of what God is doing in this church. Now, we're not a perfect church, but we're a forgiven church. And let me say this. You might think, well, I don't necessarily like this about the church. And why do y'all do that? And, and I'm not so sure about this. Listen we're not a perfect church. If you find the perfect church, don't you dare join it because you're going to mess it up. (laughs) Seriously, you will. God called us to start this church, called me and my wife way back in the year 2000, 20 years ago this year. And man, we wanted to start a church for people that were far from God. We want to start a church where people that may have been de-churched or grew up in church or never been in church. We wanted to start a church where that they would come in and be loved, not judged. We wanted to start a church where they didn't have to come in and, and be checked by the clothing they got on. We just cared that they had clothes on, really, you know. We wanted people to be able to come and discover who they are in Him. We exist to reach people to know God, and everybody is welcome at Freedom Church, all right? You get that? All right? People say, well, pastor, we were here a long time ago, and it's just the church gets too big. And, and the church gets too big. If you think the church is too big, you're going to hate heaven. <laughs> just being honest with you. So, and I want to do this. And I want to ask you to help me with this, because I'm going to prove a point with this. If you're here in the audience here, and you gave your life to Christ, and or was baptized in the past two years at this church do me a favor and just stand up right where you're at and remain standing just do that real quick if you gave your life to christ and or baptized stand up where you're at all across the auditorium now just just remain standing for a moment okay and just look at me don't none of the rest of you sitting down don't you everybody just look at me now what if we had decided back several years ago that we didn't want to get too big that we we would just love the opportunity to get to know every person here in this auditorium We would be nothing more than a social club where everybody knows everybody. And that's like saying all of you here standing could have gone to hell because we were more interested in knowing each other than we worried about getting big in the church. So, but let me say this, for every one of you that are standing, there are at least 10 more out there in your circle of life that need what you've already got. So go out there and get them because these seats need to be filled because we want to see heaven full and depopulate a place called hell. You can be seated. God bless every one of you. God bless you. God bless you. You say, Pastor, you're passionate about this. Yes, I am, because I don't want my Savior's death on a cross. To ever go in vain. On a smartwatch. Chloe got me for Christmas It checks my blood pressure. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and that's the truth. So You want to grow spiritually, get involved. What's going to to happen when you do get involved? You're going to discover God's vision for your life. (laughs) Do you really know why you're living and breathing? Because you were no accident. I don't care what somebody may have said about you, about how that you came into this world or what you've done or mistakes you've made. You're no accident. And God's got a plan for every one of your lives. And he wants you to discover that vision for your life, that purpose, that plan, experience his peace and everything that's taking place for your life. And so I asked you, how are you impacting the world around you? Is it positive or is it negative? Are you a pessimist all the time looking on the wrong side of things? Or are you an optimist looking out for the great things in the world? And I would ask you, if you left this world today, if you left your community today, will it be noticed? Will it be noticed? See, if you're, if you're a success at work and you make lots of money, and, and, but you lose your health, you lose your family, and you make no contribution to your church family, making it back to them and to your community, you know what God calls that? A Wasted life. Because he created you for so much more. So this verse, listen to what it says here. In Psalm 16, in verse 11, he says, you will show me the way of life. You will show me, God, the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I'm going to tell you something, and listen to me closely. If you're not dead, God's not done. Hello, Pastor Jim here. I just wanted to come on and thank you for listening and help answer the question, What next? If you gave your life to Jesus today, we would love to take that journey with you. Simply text the word SAVED to 615-900-2176. And make sure to follow us through the week on our social media accounts at Freedom Church TN. We love you. Have a blessed week.